Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Hello, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Chang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday, August 28th, 2023. And we will get to the start of the Syracuse football season in a bit. But we begin today with the report from ESPN's Pete Thamel that discusses continued momentum toward the ACC adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU to the conference. According to Thamel, a source tells him that there are details, quote, only in pencil, end quote. But it does seem like one of the four schools that objected to the additions, either Clemson, Florida State, NC State, or UNC, may be changing their vote at any time. Let's break this down even further. We welcome on our great friend from ESPN.com, Andrea Adelson, to the podcast. Andrea, thanks so much for coming back on. How are you today? I'm great, and I always love coming on this preseason podcast so we can talk some uh, Syracuse Orange football. Yeah, so Andrew, will definitely get to Syracuse football, but I do have to start you on this question, which is, what is the latest you're hearing on ACC expansion and realignment? Well, it's been a wild month for the ACC. Uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, after the Pac-12 basically broke up, uh, the ACC started looking at potentially adding Stanford and Cal. Uh, but to make the financials work, they knew they'd have to bring in a school like SMU, uh, which is willing to take zero television dollars for about the next seven years as a way to put themselves into a Power Five conference. And so once those discussions started to move forward, uh, there were a lot of back and forth uh, between the league schools that were in favor of this and some that weren't. Uh, and at one point, it looked like um, the discussions had hit a breaking point. Four schools had voted no. Um, you need 12 to be able to approve expansion. And so with four, you weren't quite getting to 12, but they continue to work through the numbers, work through the financial models. And with Cal and Stanford making some financial concessions that would make this a better looking financial plan with SMU as an addition, um, discussions have gained steam and gained momentum. And uh, I, I believe you know, from those who want this to happen, it helps secure the league moving forward uh, because you've got this thread of potential realignment somewhere down the road. And Florida State has been very public about their feelings and thoughts about staying in the ACC. And so you add schools and it just makes you feel better about what your long-term future is going to look like. And oh, by the way, 
the financials of these schools sacrificing some of their television money looks better as well because now you can add more money to the existing schools who are very concerned about this growing revenue gap with the SEC and the Big Ten. So for all those reasons, the expansion idea with Cal, Stanford, and SMU have been put back on the table, um, and a lot of folks within the league believe this is going to be a win for the ACC moving forward. Andrea, I know you said pre-show you've been dealing with realignment for the better part of the month, so let's move away from that. Let's talk about the upcoming season. There's always Clemson, and then there's everyone else in the ACC. Do you see Clemson winning the conference again this year, and are there legitimate contenders? I picked Clemson in my preseason ACC media poll. I think Florida State is absolutely a challenger to Clemson this year. And if you look at the national preseason rankings in both the Associated Press and the USA Today coaches poll, Florida State is ranked one spot higher than Clemson. So it appears as if maybe nationally outside of the ACC, people feel that Florida State is going to have a great shot at challenging Clemson this year. And I think it's important to remind folks that there are no divisions in the ACC this year. I'm sure everybody remembers that, but that's going to come into greater focus now as the season kicks off. And, you know, part of the reason why the ACC put the first Florida State Clemson game in September is to potentially have a rematch in the ACC championship game in December, which I think would be great uh, for the league considering those two teams are the only ones right now ranked in the preseason top 10 for the ACC. But the reason I went with Clemson, they've got Florida State at home. Florida State has not beaten Clemson over the last seven years. The last time Florida State even beat Clemson was when Florida State actually made the playoffs back in 2014. So it's been a really long time for Florida State to prove itself as a challenger. I like some of the changes that Clemson made on their coaching staff, obviously with Garrett Riley now coming in as offensive coordinator. And I do think Clemson's defense right now is probably a step above where Florida State is. And I think Clemson overall, from a talent and depth perception, probably has a slight edge over Florida State. So for all those reasons, I picked Clemson to win the ACC but I would not be surprised if it ends up being Florida State. Andrew, as you mentioned, the discussion has been centered around Florida State and Clemson, Clemson and Florida State, but is there any team out there right now that could be a dark horse and challenge the two? I think there's a few. Um, you know, North Carolina is obviously ranked in the preseason top 25, and I still have questions about North Carolina right now because I'm not sure what their defense is going to look like after struggling last year. And I don't really know what the offense is going to look like with a change in offensive coordinator and the status of their top receiver, Tez Walker, continuing to be up in the air as he waits a decision from the NCAA on his appeal to be able to play this season. So I'm in more of a wait-and-see mode on North Carolina. There's two other schools that I'm really going to be paying attention to headed into the season as maybe dark horses, although, again, it's hard to use the term dark horse with a school like Pitt. That's the first school I'm going to mention. Because they have won 20 games over the last two years. I think people forget that. I think they're deserving of being a preseason top 25 team headed into the season. Uh, I like what they have done with bringing in Phil Dracovic, now reuniting with offensive coordinator Frank Signetti. 
his best season at Boston College was when Frank Signetti was the offensive coordinator. I think Pitt's going to be able to open up their passing game more, watch for Bub Means at receiver. He's had an outstanding spring and fall camp. Offensive line should be solid again, and I think they're going to have the ability to run the ball. So to me, their offense is going to be a lot more um, varied than what we saw a year ago. They'll be able to use play action. They'll be able to keep teams a little bit more off balance. And then defensively, I think their secondary is one of the best in the ACC. They always produce talent up front, even though they lost a bunch of guys. I have faith that they'll be able to develop some of them. Um, so I think Pitt is a team that people should be paying attention to. And I think NC State is another team people should be paying attention to. Defensively, this is generally one of the best teams in the ACC. And on offense, they had Brennan Armstrong at quarterback uh, to go with Robert and I at offensive coordinator. This is going to be a far different offense than people have seen at NC State, which has kind of been a little bit plodding and methodical. That won't be the case this year for NC State. If they can get their running backs involved and get that running game going, I think this team, because nobody is talking about them, is in line to have a really good year this year. Andrew, we'll get you out of here on this one. I ask you this question every year for the last 11 years. And I want to note that, again, you were the only national writer that I spoke with that put Syracuse in the postseason in 2022. How do you see Syracuse doing this year? Well, you know, I, I would say that a, a broken clock is right twice a day. So um, I'm glad I got that one uh, right last year. Hopefully I'll get it right this year. You know, to me, Syracuse's season is really going to all depend on that three-game stretch, Clemson at North Carolina at Florida State. The ACC did absolutely zero favors to Syracuse leaving the Atlantic Division behind. And, oh, by the way, we'll just give you this three-game gauntlet all in a row uh, before the open date. Um, and, and you know, and, and Dino Babers has talked about this before, that when you play teams like Clemson and Florida State, it's just a completely different level of physicality than what you are seeing. And oftentimes, Syracuse gets so banged up in those games that it's hard in the second half of the season, particularly if they're playing them early, to recover from a lot of the bumps and bruises. That's what happened last year. You know, such a difficult loss against Clemson when it appeared as if they were going to win. They got banged up. Derek Trader gets banged up in that game. And then it's hard for them to move on when you've got some injuries that start piling up. So, again, you look at Clemson at at North Carolina at Florida State, I think that's going to be a determining factor this season. I love the way the year starts, though, right? I mean, you ease into it with a non-conference list, quite honestly, right? So how they manage that three-game stretch is going to determine it. Okay, when you look at the back end of that schedule, Syracuse is better than Virginia Tech. I believe they're better than Boston College. I believe they're better than Georgia Tech, right? Okay, so I just listed seven right there, okay, that I'm penciling in for Syracuse, which means, yes, bowl game, but I think there's a potential for more this year, depending on what happens in that three-game stretch. Amazing stuff as always. Appreciate it, Andrea. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Andrea Addison, ladies and gentlemen, it sure seems like based on what she's saying that the ACC is going to expand another three teams in the near future, especially if the incoming teams are going to make financial concessions like that. And I think another thing to point out is that there's discussion of Cal and Stanford only bringing their revenue sports over to the ACC, and they're going to lead their non-revenue sports against more regional competition. So we'll have to see the final details when they come out. 
and also add Andrea to the growing list of people that has Syracuse at at least seven wins this season. We'll take a quick break. Former Syracuse linebacker Jake Flaherty will join us after. I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cuse podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. So let's take a deeper dive into the start of the Syracuse football season now. We welcome back on the program one of our favorites, former Syracuse defensive captain and linebacker Jake Flaherty. Jake, always appreciate the time. How's it going today? Wes, doing great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yeah, it's going great, Jake. And we've known each other for a long time, so long that Syracuse was still in the Big East when we first met. We're doing another round of realignment. What do you think of when you hear Stanford, Callen, and SMU potentially coming to the ACC? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Honestly, when you see some of these realignments occur at the root of it is, you know, a very, very strong uh, business. And at the end of the day, it's dollars that are, that's driving this whole thing. And um, you just kind of hope that some of the leaders involved in the decision-making are keeping student athlete schedules in mind. Um, You know, football is one thing to be competing on, the weekends, but also just, um, you know, the other student athletes that now have to travel during the week amidst their academics and all that other stuff. So we'll move away from realignment. Syracuse opens this week against Colgate. What do you think of the team this year? I think they have a great shot of being really, really good. Um, I think they could be, you know, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking at least, you know, eight and four, uh, seven and five, if I'm being conservative, but I think that they have, you know, a lot of a lot of sh- shoes to fill in the offensive line, and you know, really, I think it's going to be a matter of how good those guys can get, and um, obviously, you know, with some of our, you know, our great running back being gone, Sean Tucker, and uh, but I also know that Quinn Allen's very very talented, but I really do think the success is going to come down to how quickly the offensive line can get good and how healthy everyone can stay. And Jake, it's nice to talk about offense, but let's talk about defense. You were a former Syracuse defensive captain. You're a great linebacker in your own right. What do you think about Marlo Wax, the rest of the linebackers in that defense overall? Yeah, I know uh, both he and Stephon Thompson, I think are going to be, you know, key players. And, um, you know, Marlo is obviously a great athlete and can run side sideline. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's, uh, but he is uh, super talented, and um, I know they, we have some losses at the DB position, and uh, but we also gained, you know, Jaden Gould from Nebraska, and you know, lost Coach White to Nebraska, but we got Jaden Gould, so that's that's awesome. And um, I think Jaden Bellamy is another new guy, and I think also too, you know, Rocky Long coming in at, uh, you know, being an older guy, but uh, you look at. Some of the influence he's had on other coaches, including Tony White, when he who he coached at UCLA, I think. Um, and you know, I think that it should be mostly plug and play. I don't think the defense should 
should skip too many beats. You know, I think the the linebackers are obviously there's some talent there, and even on the D line with Darton and Pachuco uh, and Lockett, uh, look like some there's some talent there, and um, I'm excited to see the defense play. I think uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna be solid. I think really the questions are, you know, at the offensive line position and uh, if we can establish a running game, and then obviously you know you have the incredibly talented young man uh, Gadsden who's going to have a, a brilliant year like he did last year. And, of course, Garrett's there again, too. So I think uh, I think if the offensive line can come together and the defense can just play well, I think they're going to have a great season. And, Jake, we'll get you out of here on this one. Every time I have you on the podcast, you always have another great milestone for a tech startup you've done with several former Syracuse athletes called Terzo. What's the latest with it, and how's it going? It's going well. We're... Um, you know, obviously there's there's headwinds with the macro conditions and, you know, large companies, uh, you know, restructuring and reordering things. So there's always challenges with that. Uh, but we've landed a couple major customers within the last three months that are complete game changers for us. And um, obviously under NDA right now being pending earlier in the relationship. But, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be having some good news here coming up in the next calendar year where we're raising a series B, uh, which would be our first, first price round. Jake, thank you so much. Enjoy the start of the college football season. We'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Wes. Appreciate it. Great catching up with Jake and getting his insights. And I'll close the show on this. Syracuse football named their captains for the 2023 season. And there aren't too many surprises here. Quarterback Garrett Schrader, wide receiver Damian Alford, linebacker Marlo Wax, cornerback Isaiah Johnson, and safety Justin Barron. Of note, though, the special teams is represented by kicker Brady Denenberg, which I think gives pretty good insight into who's going to emerge as the heir apparent for kicker Andre Schmidt. That's it for us. I want to thank my guest, ESPN's Andrea Adelson, former Syracuse linebacker Jake Flaherty. And this is Wes Chang reminding you that as it turns out, dentists don't like it very much when you show up for a cleaning in full vampire gear. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com and we'll see you next time.